Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 291. Today is Thursday, August 24th, 2023. It's going to be a good day. Really looking forward to today's show. So I just wanted to point out that next Saturday, so that is September 2nd, we are going to be releasing um, on the Elijah Fire podcast and podcast form. So that's audio only for those of you who are not up to step on that. Um, we are going to be releasing our teaching series now in podcast form, and we're going to be releasing them one at a time. So we're releasing them on Saturdays. We're looking at every two weeks. So we're going to start September 2nd with Deliverance featuring Jennifer Martin. That was a super powerful four-part series. Um, we've got so much feedback um, over several of our teaching series, but this was our first one that we ever did. Um, and so I think it'll be a really great thing, a great resource, especially for those of you who are podcast only. So those are going to be releasing every Saturday after the week's episodes have been posted so that we don't interrupt the flow of those. We want to keep those together. So they'll be releasing all at the same time. So You'll have different thumbnails that will look, they'll look different than the thumbnails that are there currently. If you look at the Elijah Fire podcast, so that you'll be able to look at them right away and know, and they say teaching series on them and they're super cool. Um, and so, yeah, and they'll be all released together. So you have all four, four, all four parts is what I was trying to say. I accidentally said all fart. Um, so, um so yeah, we're really excited about that. <laughs> Lumish is busting up backstage. Um, uh, yeah, so we're really excited about it. This has been something that we've been talking about for a while, and we're really excited to make these available for everybody um, in the podcast sphere. So look out for those. We'll be promoting those and making sure you guys don't miss them. And we'll be doing them every two weeks because, let's be honest, uh, if you do five shows in a week and then you release four episodes in a four part series, that's nine episodes you have to listen to. So we want to give you guys time to digest them, um, and listen to them. So you're welcome. Um, also anytime you guys donate to elijahstreams.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free five days a week. Uh, but we also take a portion of every donation. You get in on those amazing water well efforts. So we're going to play a quick video and then we're going to get going. By giving towards clean water in Uganda, you are impacting thousands of lives. Praise the Lord. I am so happy. I've been blessed. As a pastor, I've spent 34 years on this village. When I got saved, God touched me to, and told me to preach the word of God through action. I've been fetching water for old people, for the elderly. I wanted to make sure that they get water. There's been a lot of suffering. They've been fetching water from very far places and the water has been bad. But today, we have seen God. I thank God and I thank you people. God bless you. Together, we can continue to bring clean water to the people in Uganda, Africa. Donate online at elijahstreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. So thank you guys again for those donations. It means a lot. I know it means a lot to Steve, means a lot to me and everybody on the team on Elijah Fire. Uh, not just that you believe in this ministry, but that by by just donating here, you're already making an impact over there. So thank you guys so much. Some of you guys are like, I want to get on those wells, but also on the side, want to support Elijah's dreams. And that's totally fine too. So, um, but today's guest, uh, we had her on last time. She did an amazing teaching series about renewing your mind. Um, and we're going to be talking about some really great stuff today. She's a minister. She's founder of Safe Passage, and she's the author of this fantastic book, Defend Yourself. Let's give it up for our guest today, Kara Mildred Starnes. Did I totally nail your middle name? I totally got it, didn't I? <laughs> no, I'll just, 
this one slide and just I'm gonna give you I'm gonna let you, keep you in the dark, you know. All right, Kara Mildred Scarns, everybody. You heard it here first. That is her middle name. We got it. Oh, uh, it totally rings a bell. Yeah. Well, well Kara, welcome back. Yes, thank you. Hopefully nobody starts calling me Mildred. Yeah. You know? I mean <laughs> You're welcome. But, you're welcome. Jeff, you're you're cracking me up in the intro with the you know subscribe. I'm like Jesus. Man, happy. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you, and yeah. I can guarantee you, you've never been asked this question. Okay. Here's my question: Is when Jesus comes back for the thousand year reign, mm -hmm. he's going to be coming back into our world, mm -hmm. and our world is obviously very connected through social media. Mm -hmm. My question to you is when Jesus comes back for a thousand years, do you think he's going to have an Instagram and YouTube? Wow. Never been asked, have you? Yeah, no. I, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> man, I mean, what do you guys think in the comments? I'm not going to look at the comments because I don't want to steal someone's answer. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, um, yeah, illumination is like, will that even exist when he comes back? What if yeah. he, I mean, what if he can just <laughs> connect to things without even like mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's like, boom, I just made a, I just made a, a TikTok, but it, he didn't even use a phone. All of a sudden it's just there. <laughs> that's you know true. I mean? Yeah. Total that's, that's transcendence between. That is thinking of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Those so, are the kinds of things I think about. Yeah, that's big brain stuff. Man, chat consensus is no. Uh, Michael says, will Jesus do a TikTok dance? He will moonwalk on the water. That's what he'll do. Love that. Love yeah. that. There we go. Bet. Okay. That's it. That, yeah, that's a really, really well, interesting Well, we'll see. We'll, 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 you know, we'll figure it out. We'll come back. We'll circle back, you know. Okay. When we'll it, circle when, back. In that day. In that yep. day. Okay. And then we'll be like, whoa, I'll be like, Kara called it. Yeah, Kara called it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Kara, <laughs> you've been doing a whole lot lately. You've mm. been globe trotting and all that yes. good stuff. Yes. Switching yeah. it up in my organization. Yeah. Writing book number two. Yes. It's been crazy times. <laughs> Do you have an ETA on book number two? Or are you kind of just like, no, I want to finish it, finish it before I. Mm. Book number one was very like supernaturally written. Like when God told me to start writing it, I mean, it literally came from five pages in my prayer journal. So when he, when the Holy Spirit was right, like, Hey, put this in a template in a book. I was like, this is five pages in my prayer journal. I'll be lucky if I get a 20 page ebook. It's now 310 pages and I wrote yeah. it in four months. Book number two. Um, no, it is. It, it's a different process. <laughs> it is much more painful and more. The book number two is like in the victory, write about it, celebrate. Uh, book number one. Book number two is more like, oh, write it as you go through the battle for your life. Now, who knows? Who knows if it will ever get published? <laughs> the important thing is if I walk through it. But <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, very exciting, Kara. Yeah, very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I I would imagine. I mean, it's like no. no some people have a really good system for busting stuff mm -hmm. out. I feel like Jennifer Evaz busts out. Oh yes. Books like, like she's on like six business. or something. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, for for you, I mean, it sounds like it's very much like however long it takes. You know. Yeah. Are you, yeah. are you, are you one of those people that you never thought you would write a book or, uh, are, do you foresee yourself writing more books after, after these two? I love writing. I would just not like to constantly write about battles, but we yeah. will see. So. Right, here you are. <laughs> no, here I always are, knew yeah. I was a writer. I just, uh, didn't know if I'd ever have anything to say for a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's something that is interesting when you you're like, oh, I don't really know what I would say. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, like you get one prompt and suddenly you have mm -hmm. there are not enough world words in the world to fully mm -hmm. express whatever's on your heart. It's really interesting how that happens. Well, and the Bible says, you know, if you knew everything Jesus ever did, you know, there'd not be enough books in the world to fill it, fill right. it you know. And so I'm like, well, each of us certainly have enough to write a book about what God has done in our life. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, Kara, what is on your heart to share today? I'm excited. Okay. We're going to be talking about staying on the potter's wheel. This okay. is so important for people's life. And I really hope this gets people uh, ahead of some issues in their life, ahead of some challenges in their life. I hope it gets really even to some young people. Uh, man, I learned this at a very young age and it has saved me multiple times by the grace of God. Um, but we're going to talk about staying on the potter's wheel. And I'm, I'm like a little stoked today. But the basis for our talk today is Isaiah um, 64, 8. And so that tells us the Lord is our father. We are the clay. He is our potter. And we are the work of his hands. And recently there has been a lot going on in my life, you know, like just circumstantially, okay, let alone spiritually, in my heart, in my mind. and honestly, you know, at 31 years old, you know, <laughs> welcome to your thirties. Nothing feels settled. No. Nothing. Nah. <laughs> Everybody in their sixties is shouting like, it never changes. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Get used <laughs> to it. You know, yeah. uh, but nothing in my life feels settled. I feel in flux. My skin is crawling. I feel highly uncomfortable. I've been here like a million times on the bunny slope, but I feel like I'm kind of like on Mount Everest of faith right now. Um, in the midst of all this, I have this physical sensation of like, I feel dizzy. Like I feel disoriented. And, you know, I know, I know what is going on is in God's hands. And so I'm like, if it's in God's hands, why do I feel so disoriented? Um, last week, Jeff, I don't think anyone on the show knows this, but, um, last week I was going through my dad's writings and unfortunately, I lost my dad at nine years old. He mm -hmm. did pass away. Um, he was amazing. Like, I get my writing gift from him, my ministering gift, my evangelism gift. Like, it's all just like the Lord is like, and pass it. Like, it's just, it, you know, directly awesome. from him. And so I was reading, um, I, I found what, like, one of his lost writings. And, you know, he passed away before Facebook existed. And so nothing of his ever got published or on the internet and so I'm kind of excited to share, but, um, I, I was just reading through and he wrote this down. And so he wrote down the heavenly potter is in his house and he is performing a work on his wheel and the thing being fashioned may become disoriented by the spinning of the wheel. Mm. And it's only hope is to trust the potter's hands and remain formable to his touch. The potter knows what he's forming. And Dude. when I read that, right, it, it was really cool. And so when I read that last week, um, my jaw nearly dropped because, you know, I had this dizzying sensation of like, I feel dizzy. Why am I spinning if I'm in the, in the you know, the Lord's hands, you know? And um, I've heard like sermons on being processed by the refining fire, you know, a gazillion mm -hmm. times. Um, but the potter's wheel is what has been standing out to me because recently, you know, I'm just in these, like really in the last 10 years, I've been in this like walk of like sheer uh, faith that if God's got these visions and, and mandates in my life, then, okay, he has to transform me to be able to be a vessel to actually be shaped and formed to carry the call upon my life. And, I, you know, I can't tell you, you know, in the seasons of the refining fire, how many times I've been through that, you know, um, but Isaiah 48, 10, it, it says, behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. That's Bible. Yeah. And so <laughs> we know, okay, the purpose in what God is doing through the fire is to remove impurity so he can make us pure. Mm -hmm. And what he does is he melts us down from whatever purposes we used to serve. And he melts us down and remolds us really into a treasure that is proper for holy service. Mm -hmm. Well, those times of refining are very challenging. And I remember yeah. God using these situations to test like, you know, not only my faith, but my character, because your character has to sustain the call that is upon your life. 
And when you read Psalm 105, 19, it says that, um, yeah, Joseph had these dreams from God, but before God fulfilled Joseph's dreams, God tested Joseph's character. Well, we know what happened is he went into the fire of affliction, you Big know, time. yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I hope my siblings don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. Please this. don't throw me in a well. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't tell mom I'm dead. <laughs> so, that's what happened, everybody. And so during those years, I mean, his character's being tested. And what happens is he turns into a servant leader in prison. And what in the and he's such a good leader in prison that the prison guards end up giving him command of the prison and of the other prisoners. And so he's really good at, at organizing. And so Pharaoh like catches wind, you know, that Joseph can also, you know, interpret dreams. And he's brought up to the palace and given second in command next to Pharaoh. Ends up saving Egypt, all the surrounding territories, you know, from the famine. Well, how is he so astute at large scale systemic organization? Because he was practicing and refining his skills all those years in prison. And if you're like me, you know, I'm kind of delicate, you know, I, I, I can go to Africa, but don't send me to jail. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm afraid of all y'all, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> I've done jail ministry and, and I'm good. I, I like being able to go home. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so many of us would sit there and, and waste our skill sets. But, you know, we would say, I don't belong here. I, I'm put in the wrong place. I'm, I'm supposed to be out there. And, but we read that God decided to test his character before the fulfillment of those dreams. And so he didn't waste time. He begins to practice his skill sets. I love what, what Psalm 105 says, and it's in a different translation. But it says, you know, before it came time to fulfill his dreams, the word of the Lord tested him. Well, what was the word of the Lord? It was, Joseph will somehow some way be governing well what we have is god's word for your life can you begin to fulfill it anywhere anyhow no matter your circumstances can you begin to fulfill the call on your life in a seeming setback you know you belong in a place of governance you know we thought from the dream it'd be like higher up in governance well you're not in a palace you're in a prison all right can you still uh, fulfill the call of God. Mm. And wow. so we know that God uses situations to test our character. And it's interesting because when the enemy knows that God has big plans for your life, he will cause disruptions and, and, and basically try to bring setbacks. And, you know, what, what we know from Genesis 50, 20 is God will allow the enemy to, you know, try to intend to harm us because then what God does and we think, oh, you know, the enemy is like hijacking God's plans. No, 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 not at all. The Lord is taking what the enemy is intending to harm us and turning it around for our good. And so Joseph is like imprisoned, literally. Think about it. He's imprisoned in the place he's meant to govern. Hmm. Just a few floors below. Yeah. <laughs> so he began to build up his talents and giftings in prison. And when he broke free you know, plot twist. He is actually exactly where he's meant to be. It's mm -hmm. not a setback at all because the cup bearer met him in prison and knew when to bring him up to the palace. And so, you know, Joseph, he's very good at organizing the most lawless people in all the land. Well, if he's very good at being excellent in darkness and being excellent at organizing lawless people, then the Lord knows, hey, if you can practice in hiddenness and darkness, I can use that time to get all the darkness out of your character so that you'll be prepared for public display for my mm. glory. Yeah. Amen. Dude. I think it's something I was thinking about is like how Joseph still fulfilled his calling of being in a place of leadership in a prison and i think that that's a very important thing to take away because how often do we idealize 
uh, something we're called to. And we're like, no, it has to be this exact thing that God showed me. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Like, okay, say, say you're called to be the president of the United States, all right? And you don't begin to, you don't allow yourself to be receptive to the prompting of the Lord on a small level. You're like, nope, God showed me I was going to be the president. So yeah. that door is going to open and suddenly someone's going to be like, hey, rando person, we want you to be president of the United States. Come with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we work out these fantasies in our heads, but it's like it starts small. I've actually never yeah. honestly. I've seen moments with myself of I get God will have me come up above the clouds for a moment, you know, and I've had to learn even with things that I feel called to of of like not taking that as like, I'm just following the Lord, you know, because sometimes he'll give me like those, those mountaintop things as a reminder, but then it's back down into whatever mm-hmm. it is we're going through. But um, if you're given something too soon, man, it's like your character's yeah. like razor thin, you yeah. know? Uh, oh man, there's, oh man. Yeah. There are certain things that I am real glad did not happen when they yeah. did for me, even though at the time I was disappointed very quickly i realized yeah i wasn't i definitely mm-hmm. wasn't ready for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah I praise god sometimes he will give us the dream just enough to know you know all right god's giving me these skill sets i want to follow his will but he'll work out our junk uh in a place of hiddenness you know and praise so, god for that oh my goodness mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And so I love that story because when you read James 2.22, it says that Abraham's faith and actions were working together. And so if you have faith that God really does want to use you for his purposes, then you begin to practice your gifts and implement your calling no matter where, even if you feel like you're like in an unjust placement. Because Mm. you understand God's looking for a servant leader. So you can begin to be a leader in the lowest of places because really every leader is a servant. Mm. And so we don't want to waste seasons just because we feel like, you know, it's unjust placement. It's lower than we thought. And really, God will test our character to see if our character will work with our faith to fulfill the vision that God has given over our life, no matter our circumstances. Yeah. Very important. So I have a question about like about the whole idea of the potter's wheel. Um, because if you think about, you know, a a potter's wheel, it spins around. So your, your hands, the potter's hands are going over a spot in repetition because Mm -hmm. it's spinning. Right. And something that I've been kind of landing on, and I think it actually might be very, very similar to this, just explained maybe in a slightly different way, but something that I've been really landing on lately is kind of going through a season where I feel like I'm faced with certain things where I feel like I fail over and over and over and over and over at them. (laughs) But I was talking to someone the other day. I can't remember who it was. So if it's somebody watching this, forgive me. Um, But I was saying how um, I was like, it's, it's not, sometimes it's not until you're removed from that situation and put into another situation where all of a sudden you realize the growth that's taken place. Yeah. So even you could gauge what happened. You're like, well, I didn't see any growth. That it was a fail. It was a wash, you know? Um, but I continued to go back to the Lord every single time, you know, praying for him to refine me every single time and, um, working on certain aspects of, of my character. Um, every single time. And then you removed from that situation and put into a new situation. And all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, mm-hmm. okay. I have changed. It didn't feel like it at the time. Does it kind of that, that thing, like with the potter's wheel? Yeah, I think so. I think like we can feel like, Oh, we're on a broken record because we go around the same loop <laughs> again mm-hmm. and again. But what he's doing is like smoothing that out, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And then what, it, it, what, it, and you kind of lose track about how many times you've been around the track, you know, yeah. but when he's done, he's like, voila. Yeah. You know? Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, the potter's wheel is, is, I really, I've never really thought about it. And this last week, you know, I wanted to come on and, and really bring something that would help people. So I've really, really been thinking about it and it's, it's similar 
it's similar, <clears throat> but different from the refining fire. Okay. And here's the thing. There is a fire that comes for the clay, but it's really important to know that the fire comes for the clay after it has been on the potter's wheel. Mm. because what it does is it seals and solidifies and makes permanent the work of the potter's hand. And so we need to know that because the fire that we're always talking about, it comes after the potter has made up his mind of what the purpose and design of the vessel will be. And so twice, let me break this down. Twice the Bible says that the potter makes vessels of honor and dishonor. And depending on what, you know, translation you're reading, it says it, it's going to be a vessel for a special purpose or common use. And so I like what the message version, the message version says, you know, some containers are going to serve fine meals and some are going to take out the garbage. All are important in the kingdom. We're all servant leaders, right? But in Timothy 2, 20 to 26, okay, it says in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from what is dishonorable will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. And a lot of people read that and think, oh, well, it's going to be the gold and silver that is used for honorable purposes and the wood and clay for common use. But that's not so, because when you go over to uh, Romans 9.21, it says again, does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special uses? and some for common use. And I really want to share some lessons from my mistakes and how the grace of God kicked in. I'm preaching to myself. How, this is something I've had to work through. How do you think he decides which lump of clay will be formed into the vessel for a special purpose and which lump of clay will be made for common use? It depends on how long the clay is willing to be spun on the potter's wheel. And it depends mm -hmm. how willing the clay is to surrender to the potter's hand. Because here's the thing, is by the time that the clay goes into the fire to uh, seal the work, the potter already knows at that point whether the vessel will be used for special purpose or common use. Because when it sat on the potter's wheel, the material was either easy to work with or it was difficult and stubborn. It either allowed the potter to do as much as he wanted or only as little as the clay could stand to put up with. And so this is a really big deal because we know that God intended for the Jews to be made into vessels of honor for special purpose. But in Jeremiah 18, God had a point to make. And we see, again, they're extremely difficult people. And so God says, you know, Prophet Jeremiah, listen up, go down to the potter's house, observe, you know, write down what you see. And so he goes to the potter's house and the potter begins, he, he becomes frustrated and disappointed because the material that he's working on, the clay that he's, he's forming, it's not cooperating and it's not yielding and it's not doing what he's want. It's not pliable in the potter's hand. And so it's not turning out as he hoped. And so he takes the artwork, he crushes it and he starts all over again. And it says, oh, it was marred. It was ruined in the potter's hands. And so God's he's what he, he's in the middle of forming the Israelites for a purpose. But they were they were very difficult to work with and so there were so many times he had to stop the process, smash down the clay and start over from square one because they were not turning out as he hoped. And so the Lord began to speak to me about being willing vessels on the potter's wheel. Because when we say I want to do the Father's will, we go onto the potter's wheel. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the wheel, all right, it's time to face the music. We have to be soft 
and moldable and not difficult and resistant. And we have to surrender to his hands, right? Because really he, he needs to be able to spend as much time on us as he wants. Mm -hmm. And he, he, what, when that happens is he's adding pressure and he's spinning us around and he's, he's forming us. But when we're difficult to work with, that's when we become marred and that's when he has to start over. Mm. And so the difference between a, a vessel for common use and special use, here's the difference. A common use vessel. It's a plain vessel. She's a quick job. <laughs> you know, it's going to turn out to be dishware for servants or, or jars for storage. There's no nothing fancy about it. But a vessel for special use is a labor of love and it requires an intricate timely process. But the big, big difference is the embellishments because they beautify the artwork and they distinguish it. But as beautiful and as stately as the embellishments are, they require extra poking, prodding, digging. And that's how artwork is added to clay. And so the vessel of honor, it, it goes to the potter and it says, I, I love the work of your hand. Please dig into me. Please embellish me. Please perfect me. But a vessel of dishonor, it doesn't like being worked on because it, it, it's uncomfortable. And so it becomes difficult with it, with, with the potter's hands. And so luckily for us, um, there's no question in our mind what God is requiring. We, we have a cheat code here. This isn't like an unfair selection process. Like we, we have the cheat code. And so when second Timothy two, it's 21 to 26, it's actually talking about here's, here's what I require of a vessel for special purpose. And it's literally says right here, well, you have to cleanse yourself from what's dishonorable. You have to be ready for a holy and honorable use. You have to be useful to the master. You have to flee from useful passions you have to you know desire faith and love and peace and and all these things in second timothy 2 21 to 26 we have the cheat code of what is required from god uh to be a vessel a special purpose does that mm. make sense so far oh it absolutely does okay yeah yeah all right i don't want to be brutal but it's in no it's brutal's good <laughs> i like brutal that's good okay tell like it is kara Okay. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's not really brutal because, you know, we know what's required. If we want to serve for special purposes, then we will yield to his, his holy process. And so before I came on, I, I wanted to kind of talk about what does that, what does it look? Okay, cool. We talked about, you know, what it kind of, you know, looks like symbolically. What does it look like in a real world sense to be on the potter's wheel? It means you will be pressed on every side and what it, what comes out of your mouth and your thought life is like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Why are you touching me there? Why are you pushing me there? You know, mm -hmm. now I'm spread out now. Now I'm spread thin. Now I'm crushed now, you know, mm -hmm. and ouch, that hurt. Did you really dig a freaking tool into my back? You know, mm -hmm. and so, um, you know, it's very invasive. Uh, you're being squeezed. You do know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so yeah. you're being shaped, mm -hmm. but really you're also being embellished. And so it's second Corinthians four, eight, where it says there are going to be times that you're hard pressed on every side. Mm -hmm. And then James one, two to four says, it talks about how we can actually consider trials joy when they come at us and test us from all sides because the pressure of what's happening is proofing our faith and making us mature and well-developed and complete. And so think about, think about the play coming onto the, the, the potter's wheel and think about like the spinning of the wheel. And so what's happening is the potter is, is creating a force and a momentum and it's actually opposing the stagnant state of the clay. And so the spinning begins and God's using this gravitational pull and this momentum of situations in your life. And the force of those situations is pressing you into the sides of the potter's hands. And guess what? He's pressing back. <laughs> and it, it's like you're being sloshed, you know? And that's how the clay is formed. It's pressed mm -hmm. on all sides. And so the potter, he will use the spinning 
of situations to shape and form the clay into a piece of artwork for his purposes. In this situation, it can be very uncomfortable. But here's why, here's why it's good. It's for me because it's to form me. Amen. Amen. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a bumper sticker right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to say really quick, not to derail your whole thing, but I actually got the image of um, if anyone's been on the Gravitron at like a state fair, it's that thing that looks like a flying saucer, but it like spins around. And the now some people are really receptive to wanting to blow chunks when they go on anything that mm -hmm. spins. But when you're in it, you just feel the gravitational force against you. And mm -hmm. if say there were small windows at the top, if you wanted to turn around and look outside, that's totally going to make you want to honk, right? <laughs> but, but if you actually turn and face the inside and actually accept the gravitational pull against you, you actually don't get nauseous. You just feel gravitational uh. force against you. And so it's like that of like, and they also say, don't, don't turn your head because that'll actually, so, so looking at the center of this giant spinning machine actually prevents you from being subjected to like wanting to throw up um and so you're actually surrendering to the gravitational force that's being pushed against you rather than trying to fight against it mm. so and that's a word surrendering yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so everybody go to the state fair your state fair there's a lot of them showing up going the gravitational uh the gravitron and let the lord speak to you while you go on it <laughs> jim i went to the state fair on friday night you did did you go on the yeah, gravitron yeah, i thought about this message the whole time did you go on the gravitron no no i chose the slowest rides and i still pitched a fit yeah do i was you, still do you do you honk easily <laughs> um i i'm more of like I, I would be more on the verge of blacking out than anything. oh really oh wow. yeah Oh yeah, I, I don't like I don't like ride. I chose the slowest ones, and I was on the Ferris wheel. And then uh, I was okay when the Ferris wheel was moving. And then I got kept getting stopped every time they were letting someone off at the top. And that's when I started freaking out. I was oh, like, really? I know I don't want to jump from this, but I want to jump from this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Uh, my friends were like are you okay i was like i'm down <laughs> yeah i'm a sweaty clammy mess i was please I was, let me so. down please let me down yeah oh, that's too bad that's okay yeah. yeah that's a word that's a word yeah. so to yeah. say that line again something something because it's for you i, I think line. i i think i said i know it's for me because it's to form me yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's what i said it's right for me yeah that's what i've learned yeah so um i wanted to talk about like staying how do you stay on the potter's wheel because i i get this like insane urge to like jump oh and, you know yeah i think that's honestly that's why when i see things in the bible of like I just counted joy. Like James is talking about, like when I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's like next level. I'm definitely not there. I know. I'm like, I'm literally like, I don't feel it. You know, I'll try. I, I'm, I'm tr that's the stage I'm in. I'm like, I don't feel the joy. I'm counting this joy. And hopefully the feeling comes into effect, you know, yeah. but I feel like I'm pretending on this one. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, um, from personal experience, yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've just wanted to like jump, you know, just very disorienting. Mm -hmm. But when I was a little girl, um, I, you know, was a little ballet dancer did that for a few years. And my instructor, she she taught me a trick. You know, when you're doing your spins, what you do them as many times until you lose it. And so her 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 instruction was, hey, before you do your spins, you need to choose a focal point. And so every time your, your, your neck yanks back around to the front, you lock in with your focal point before you go back around. And so that was a really, really good tip. It kind of kept you centered. Every time you came back, you refocused on that point and you knew where the audience was and, and you knew how to recenter yourself. And so we have to, we need to lock in with a focal point. 
because when the spinning begins on the potter's wheel, we might forget everything we said about wanting to be chosen, you know, from the lump of clay and put on his will, doing his, put on his wheel, do his will. We might forget everything we said by the time that the spinning starts, right? Because we can't stand it. And we, you know, when we are under pressure, we might speak from a place of total disorientation. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And we might say, you know, forget everything I said, you know, stop the process. I don't care how long I waited to get on the Ferris wheel. I'm never doing, you know, and what occurs, you know, when we are become difficult to work with is that Jeremiah 18, God might have to stop the process and start all over again, or he might have to shift gears and do a totally different design on you because you don't have the level of surrender and pliability he needs for the design he originally had in concept. And so when we get on the potter's wheel, we have to be careful to how we react to the touch of the potter's hands, because in those moments when you feel disoriented and like you feel like calling it all off, that's when you need to like, you need to lock in with your focal point. That's how you stay locked in no matter how disoriented you get, how out of control things feel. You're not getting off that wheel because it's too important for the potter to finish his work in you. And the reality is the process is always going to take longer than we expected. And it's always going to require way more than we ever thought was necessary. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is required. And so a vessel of special purpose, it requires a lot more poking and spinning and embellishing. Mm. But exactly, that's where James 1, 2, it says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Because if you do, what will happen is you will totally get out of the process and you will walk away uh, lacking, deficient, not well-developed. And so we end the process and the artist really, he isn't even able to finish. And we're just complaining to the potter. You know, Jeff, I'm like, I'm in the season of like totally trusting God, you know, for a husband who's like, you know, surrendered to the touch of the potter's hands, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny because it's like, when I go out into the world, I see very handsome men covered in like tattoo sleeves. And you know, you know, they had to sit in the tattoo chair for hours and hours and hours while the tattoo artist drug a needle through their skin with ink and embellished them. All right. Okay, well, I thought you were Mr. Tough Guy, you know, Mr. Sleeves. And you can sit in the tattoo chair for hours, but you can't sit on the potter's wheel. Come on. So, you know, we have to know our type. That's not my type. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what's a comforting thought? Maybe it's not. Maybe you're like, hi, yeah, this still isn't comforting. (laughs) Is that there is someone Mm -hmm. that is in the same process you're in right now. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and that's from my own experience with meeting my wife, um, that was very much the case. Both of us had come through a season that was very much like what you're describing. Mm -hmm. And then we both, you know, met each other on the other side of that. Um, So that's a comforting thought for anybody out there who is actively going through something like this and say it is for let's just say a promise. It doesn't have to be a a future spouse or anything like that. A promise from the Lord that you've been, has been confirmed to you time and time again, knowing that it is on the other side of whatever you're going through. And if that is, say you go through it and it takes a year. Okay. You know, or if it takes a, Mm -hmm. however long. Um, but yeah. I was checking the chats. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said that there's always somebody who's really good. You know, this isn't like, you know, everybody has to go through this process and it's not even a one time thing. Like we're constantly. Oh, yeah. No, you know, with every new I feel like with every new stage of your life, there's always Mm going to be you're always going to be presented with something. (laughs) It's sometimes you go through something and then another hard thing presents itself Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. one thing after another after another, you Mm -hmm. know, that's. But I think, you know, oh, here comes the workout metaphor again. Um, I, I do those a lot. Um, but 
you know, if you ever wanting to get in shape, wanting to get control of your, your health, um, all of us have gone through a season where you're like, you know, what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out regularly. And then you allow something to deter you from that. And rather than recovering, you go, that's my sign. Bye. You know, <laughs> you're just like done working out. And then it's back to square one. And then you go back through and especially as the older you get, it's like, it's harder to get back into that, that's that stage. And it's better to just stay in that state mm -hmm. of motion and, um, you know, discipline and all those things. And so, uh, I, the, I see getting on and off the potter's wheel very similar. So something that actually really helps me is physical activity is making sure that I'm eating correctly. Um, because, and so I strongly recommend that to people. I'm like, even if it's just walking for 20 minutes outside and that's all you can do before you're hardcore winded, start there, you know, but like, for me, it's like, there's such a connection for me between whatever I'm going through, if it's tough and that physical activity, if I'm working through something, you know, a workout and it's like the weights are so heavy and I just, I'm like, I, I don't want to do this anymore, but you're like, I have two more reps, suck it up, you know, like. And so for me, it's there's a connection between that physical activity. And, and I think that God illustrates these points to us and we can find them in so many different ways in our lives, but our body and how our body responds to hard things, um, is, is one of those. And so that's always so profound to me, the connections between my walk and something I'm going through and yeah. physical activity and doing those things and bettering my body, um, yeah, like the parallels are really profound. So mm -hmm. I think it was, I, I you know, I, I didn't have this one prepared, but I think it's somewhere illumination. <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm called to duty. I think it's somewhere in the Bible. <clears throat> we'll check it out. But I think it says somewhere like, you know, physical discipline is great. Right. Spiritual discipline is X, Y, Z. Yeah, I think that's in first Timothy, mm -hmm. but I could be wrong. Come it, come it I've shortly. Been wrong many times. <laughs> And, you know, I was in the gym even before this, you know, session. And I mean, whenever I'm running, whenever I'm at the gym, I, you know, as much as I pray, the Holy Spirit talks to me different in the gym. Like he's mm. just really making things like plain as I'm like working through hard stuff. And so really, like I, I treat the gym like prayer time. Like I realize things wait on walks and runs in the gym. Then, you know, I don't get those downloads in the prayer time. So mm. it, it's legit. It's legit. Yeah. 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 For real. Yeah. For real. Excellent. Well, Nash, we're not seeing the uh, the thing. Physical exercise. exercise the Bible. <laughs> First Timothy 4 8. Boom, Keep baby. yourself in training for godly life. Physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is valuable in every yeah. way Excellent. because it promises life both for the present and for the future. Mm. Boom. First. Timothy four eight. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. There well, I, I don't know how we are on time. There's a story I wanted to no, tell. No, we're good. We're good. You yeah, you're okay. good. Okay. So I wanted to tell this story because it's like literally literal. Okay. <laughs> so uh <clears throat> I think it'll encourage people yeah. about, you know, not jumping off the potter's wheel. Um and so let's say, you know, I started Safe Passage in, in 2018. And for those who've, you know, seen me on the show or seen Jeff talk about me, uh, Safe Passage is a nonprofit organization. And we work with um, teenagers who've been, you know, sexually exploited or trafficked. Um, and so, and the Elijah Fire shows that support us too. So we thank you guys for that. It's amazing. So, but in 2018, I started this by 2020. I'm literally two years into this and like, I'm kind of like a bulldozer. Like, you know, I don't just like let problems camp out and stare me in the face forever. I'm like, all right, you know, I get bored, you know, like problems gotta, you know, solve. Mm -hmm. And so two years into this, I cannot get our vision to move forward. I'm like fundraising all this money, you know, pulling all these amazing supportive people along my side and I can't get the vision to move forward. Right. And this is two years. And so in 2020, two years into this, I really can't get things to move forward. Well now, hello, 
COVID enters, you know, the scene. And then the world is literally shutting down. Mm -hmm. And so then there's actually literally nothing I can do to move forward because nobody's leaving their house. And so in that time, I'm literally, I mean, that summer, it was my, my sister caught me scrambling eggs crying my eyes out. I just had to turn it off and, and, you know, not burn them. But it was such a brutal summer. I was like, I think I'm going to quit. I think I'm going to walk away from this. And there was two weeks that summer and I'm in my room every single night for two weeks and I'm crying my eyes out. I literally told God, God, I'm going to jump ship. If you don't want me to jump ship, you probably better write it in the sky. That's what I told God for 14 nights. That's how uh, indecent, uh, indecorous I was to God. And I was like, I'm jumping. If you don't want me to, please write it. Please write it in the sky. Mm -hmm. And so two weeks later, I'm in a coffee shop and I see a pastor there. And, you know, I know him well enough. And, and he sits down to pray for me. And he's praying, you know, he's just listening to the Holy Spirit. And in the middle of his prayer, he kind of like freezes and he's like, okay, I'm hearing something. And I'm like, I mean, you know, can't get worse. Lay it on me. <laughs> and he says, I'm hearing, don't abandon ship. Hmm. I, I just I was like, I was just like this. And so I walk, I like walk out of there and I'm like, Holy Spirit, um, clearly you hear me. But I was like, if, if you really did write it in the sky for me, let me press you on something. I said, if you're God and you heard me and you answered me and I asked you right in the sky, I asked you to tell me not to jump ship. Why did you change up the words on me and tell me not to abandon ship? And I heard the Holy Spirit. And he said, because if you jump, you're abandoning an assignment prematurely. Hmm. And so those next, let's say I was working on that, on the whole mission for two years and, and barely made a step forward. Over the next two days, I got like supernatural blueprints in my head Dude. of what the organization was supposed to be. And like, you see our website, you see our, our, our programs, all of that was coming supernaturally into what I didn't have in two years. I had in two days. And so I began wow. to create a God and I'm like, all right, God, uh, if you're serious, I, I, I need a few things. I need uh, somebody to lead this. I need an office space. I need X, Y, Z. And so the next day I go downtown to visit a friend for lunch. And uh, when I walk in, this is, this is, okay, let's just go there. I walk in, I walk in people and there's like all these offices. I'm just, I can't make this up. And never been here. It's a new job for my friend. There's these beautiful private offices. And when I walk in, there's a corner office. I have this vision of me buying furniture online, putting furniture in that room and putting staff members around a table. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never been here. Like, how dare I? And then the CEO walks out of that room. The CEO walks out of that room. I'm like, I seriously need an ego check. I seriously need help. And you know what? 30 minutes later, that CEO, he's a spiritual man. He walks up to me and he says, funniest thing, I just had a vision of you moving into this office. No way. I saying, yeah, 30 minutes in the conversation. Um, Jeff, I, I didn't say nothing. Dude. I didn't say me too. I didn't say nothing. I was literally like, dear, I walked out of there. I said nothing. I was just like, I mean, that's obvious, but I need time. And so yeah. I, <laughs> I called him the next week and I said, listen, were you serious about the office thing? Because, you know, you walked out of there. Isn't that your office? And he was like, no, no, mine's off campus. You know, we rent these out and that's the last one available. Unreal. And then uh, later, uh, about a few days later, I'm in an anti-trafficking conference and I meet this woman. And she has the exact to a T criteria I asked God for. And she had turned down like three jobs and I hired her. <laughs> I'm telling you, okay, this is all in six days after two years. Wow. And to fast forward to like stage two, say passage, let's say a year later, um, that vision God gave us, uh, it lasted for a season, but about a year later, the chandelier was kind of like falling, falling down. 
and my staff were coming to me and they were like, you know, uh, do you know, you know, this isn't sustainable. And I was like, la, 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 la. This was supernaturally <laughs> given to me by heaven and everything's fine. They're like, yeah, everything's falling apart. And so I remember calling my sister and I was like, I hate everything. Why, why do I have to start over? I don't know what to do. I like, I don't know how to save the organization. And the next morning I get a phone call and there's a, a organization in, in, in Indianapolis that we keep, you know, tabs on each other. Cause you know, we do similar things and they were doing the same thing we were doing, but through just kind of like a, a little bit of a different model. And they called me the next morning and they said, we just felt like we were supposed to call you and tell you that we're packaging our model and training other people how to do what we're doing. And that was the way my staff told me they wanted to do it. And so for $5,000, I got 10 years of their labor and flipped my organization in the matter of months. Wow. And that's the short version. Man. I love that. And it's, so, enc it's encouraging, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, stay the course. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Even when you're like, oh, like, if you <laughs> I just want to quit. I hate this. Uh huh. Yeah, we've done enough. We've done enough, God. You know. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh, how many times have we said that to God? Okay, uh -huh. we're good. I'm good. Pass. Mm -hmm. Pass on whatever's next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? A, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And so that season, it you know, if that was the bunny slope for me, I kind of feel like I'm on Mount Everest. You mm -hmm. know, like right now, like I'm freaking black out. diamond. You know, diamond, I don't even like triple. skiing, but I'm freaking out. And really, you know, I would say, okay, you know, I, I yeah, I was on that road for two years, but I was crying out for two weeks, literally telling God I was going to jump. Let's mm. say in this season right now, like I'm, I'm highly uncomfortable. I, I, I don't, every day I wake up, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, hit, hitting the panic button. Like, I cannot believe, you know, I'm about to do this and that. And, you know, I haven't really heard god tell me my my i, I kind of know the direction but i'm like you know i don't see the steps and and mm. I, and, I, and like god hasn't really you know come to soothe you know baby and you know thinking back to this story you know i have learned kara you god is on your side yeah and so when you're uncomfortable don't you dare jump because he has the time, he has the place, he has everything, right, for that, for you. And he's he's working out a perfect, perfect work. Mm -hmm. And so, really, we just have to let him finish. <laughs> yeah. And not not jump and walk away, you know, prematurely. Mm. It's so it's it's so hard sometimes. But I think we can all attest that God can we we don't we don't really gain trust, you know, faith is built like in the, in the forward, you know, motion, of course, that's where physical exertion of faith is happening, but really our trust uh, catches up to us in hindsight. If that, mm. if that kind of makes sense, yeah, maybe that's that absolutely not does. Everyone. Yeah. Because in hindsight, you're like, Whew, I, th I thought, you know, he dropped me there, but I, you know, actually, you know, you know, he totally had me. And so, you know, we gain trust in hindsight that, you know, as we begin to increase, you know, in the different chapters of our life, you know, now we're not panicking. Now we're not crying like a big baby because we have trust from our previous season to endure much better yeah. and much more like the likeness of God. In yeah, this come season. on. So let's show up, people. Let's show up for God. Yeah. But I, that's also, you know, <laughs> that whatever you're in, in that it's going to breed, you know, that repetition is going to breed strength. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's going to yield itself to whatever next thing you're in and next thing you're in. And eventually before you know it, you'll find yourself in the fulfillment of the word that God gave you, especially if it's a big one, like president of the United States, for example, uh, you know, but it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's about how we respond to whatever's in our immediate, you know, where, where am I supposed to place my foot next? And if it's the mm -hmm. same place every single time, well, do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Kara, would you pray for people? 
Yeah, I I hope that this really, really uh, encouraged people uh, how much it truly is worth finishing his process hmm. and staying on his wheel. Yeah. And, and I'll close with this is is here's the good news is if he has if you feel like you're kind of on the potter's wheel, if you feel like a little out of control and dizzy and disoriented, here's what you need to realize about being on the potter's wheel is he has selected you from a lump of clay. He has set you apart from all the rest, placed you on his wheel and decided it's time for you to be formed because it's almost time for you to be a vessel for my use. Mm. And so that's the comfort we need to take is if it is occurring on the potter's wheel, no matter how you know dizzy we can get and how hard it can be at times, the comfort we take is, oh, the, it's time because the Lord needs to form me because he's ready to use me. Yeah. And so God, I thank you that there are dreams that you have strategically placed in their heart. Yes. Lord, and I ask that you would strengthen them, Lord, and focus them, Lord, uh, to be a people who are who finish their race and have endurance to be lasting for you are everlasting, Lord. Mm-hmm. So help them today. Lord, as they feel like they're on the wheel and things are the toughest kind of, you know, the going's getting kind of tough, Lord. Lord, bring your hand upon them, Lord, and let them just feel, you know, how tender your hand is and let them be assured that they can soften up and be tender as well to your process. Lord, so we bless them, Lord, to be in your hands, to finish your process and to be used for your glory. All right. Amen. Mm, amen. Kara, that was great. Okay. So encouraging. It was encouraging <laughs> to me. Super encouraging to me. So, um, and I know it was to other people. It's interesting because we had someone on, on Monday, Rebecca Friedlander, who she actually kind of said, she did like a slight side note and she was talking about how she used to go. She's like a, I call her the Renaissance woman. She's like got so many different things that she's doing. She's a super creative type. And uh, so she used to go to churches and she would, she had a potter's wheel uh, and she would, give metaphors about you know how god's process with us and how there can even be air bubbles and she was talking about deliverance and spiritual cleanse that whole thing um deliverance um and she said sometimes you get air pockets in between in the clay and you can't see them right away so running the hand along it releases those air bubbles because if you Mm. don't it'll explode on the wheel uh and and so it's interesting that you brought up, this is like your whole topic was on the potter's wheel. Mm. So I always love how God does that on this show. So oh, tying cool. in different things that different guests have said oh. unbeknownst to each other. So um, it's obvious that God wanted to, he planted that seed and then tied it up on this episode with you, giving mm. you this word and even what you've been going through. So super cool. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's fantastic. Kara, how can people get defend yourself? How can they follow you? All that good stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm on the interwebs. Um, so yeah, I'm on my handles, Kara Starnes, but the book is really um, for anyone who feels like they're coming up against spiritual warfare or strongholds, yeah. um, but specifically people who have mental torment, panic attacks, uh, and unexplainable, uh, experiences. So, yeah. uh, get it for a friend. If you can get it on Amazon, but if you go to karastarns.com, I'll write you a personal note. Oh, snap. <laughs> and you can buy some stickers as well. My terrible handwriting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I recommend your book to a lot of people. Mm, that's sweet. Thank you. Forever. Oh, Forever, Kara. Um, yeah. Uh, Illumination says the stickers are bomb literally because it's a bomb that says make strongholds go boom so super great all right kara kara Uh, mildred starts no it's kara all right it's trademarked we got it we got it ladies and gentlemen we got it he's like end the broadcast now yeah bye bye. yeah uh so kara thank you so much this is great okay thanks everyone yeah uh everybody have a blessed thursday tune in tomorrow we got a really, really sweet show. Um, we got this worship couple. Their names are Lauren and Kendrian, and they're based out of San Francisco. And they have been opening houses of prayer, multiple places, amazingly gifted worship leaders. Um, they just released a new album that is absolutely dynamite. So when we post the link um, today in the stuff we talked about section, you can actually go there and listen to the worship 
thing uh, now. Um, and if you even type in Lauren and Kendrian, I think it's Dueck. It's D-U-E-C-K. We're going to find out and I'm going to pronounce it correctly tomorrow when I introduce them. So um, we tried. I always try to do like preliminaries and find out how to pronounce. That's why I asked you, Kara. I said, is it Kara or Kara? Because some people throw the wild card in there. Yeah. I, if you remember, I asked you before you even came on the show. So, um, yeah. So that's going to be tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Super excited to have them on. It's going to be great. So um, love you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 